Hello, I'm Dr. Sri Banerjee, and in this video, I'm going to be going over the connection between the occurrence of infection and cardiovascular disease mortality. It is with great honor that I'm presenting this in the Heart and Diabetes Conference um, uh, being held in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, so for starters, um, when we're thinking about the occurrence of infection, uh, that's a broad topic. Uh, infections can be ranging from eye infections to foot infections. So that's not uh, something that is very specific. However, um, what we decided to do is narrow it down to mostly respiratory infections. Well, um, before we uh, put the um, cart before the horse, let's go in and talk about the um, what the problem of uh, cardiovascular disease is and understanding why um, infections are so critical uh, now more than ever to uh, better delineate. Um, current infections, uh, especially at the height of the pandemic, uh, these concerns came to the forefront. Um, for the most part in the 20th century, uh, many of the infectious diseases, especially bacterial, um, were um, treated through um, antibiotics. However, um, as time went on, um, viruses um, were not well treated, and so uh, the pandemic um, led to many respiratory infections. And this is why we decided that we were going to select uh, respiratory conditions such as um, chest cold, um, head cold, all, all of these um, within our consideration in order to see if there's any sort of uh, uh, difference in overall mortality or uh, specifically cardiovascular mortality. So developing this a little bit further, um, uh, antibiotics um, have been the panacea of um, uh, many of this. Um, however, there's still gaps um, in how to treat. There's uh, uh, there's um, antibody, antimicrobial resistance. Um, so, for instance, um, after a while, um, uh, microbes, uh, bacteria, they gain resistance due to individuals not completing their antibiotics or even nosocomial infections may lead to this. Um, so this is a pathophysiological mechanism, and I'm going to, um, in a minute, uh, zoom into this so that you can take a closer look here. Um, if you if you look here closely, then you'll find that when here is I wanted to zoom in a little bit more. So here you can see in this figure um, how SARS-CoV-2, uh, COVID-19 went into the um, even to the blood vessels, the pulmonary capillaries and made, um, disrupted the tight junctions, um, endothelial dysfunction, which is a perfect storm for creating um, atherosclerotic plaques. Um, even um, increased platelet aggregation, fibrin, um, increased clotting. Um, and uh, again, this is not uh, something that is ideal um, within the capillaries because eventually that can lead to capillary leak syndrome and um, also create to uh, also lead to cardiovascular disease. So if a virus can do this, one of them in the respiratory infection, then others are capable of um, causing similar damage. And that is the idea behind um, why I selected this figure.
Um, also, I, I wanted to bring up the fact that um, uh, long COVID is something that is um, a serious um, issue here because we're, we're trying to understand which organs are affected. There are 100 plus symptoms um, that provide um, long COVID, um, a diagnosis of long COVID. So uh, transitioning into the methodology again, um, this was a study that was um, looking at um, infections, uh, past and current at the time of the um, initial questionnaire. And then following these people up around um, for 10 years um, into December 30, 31st of 2019. So the idea is to follow the individuals to um, their uh, to the mortality um, endpoint, the mortality outcome. Um, and there is overall mortality and then disease-specific mortality. Well, this is cardiovascular disease mortality that we uh, looked at. Um, according to the ICD-9 codes. So then um, we also um, looked at specific um, uh, respiratory conditions such as um, influenza, pneumonia, um, ear infection, head cold, and chest cold. Um, this was all from self-reported data and this was all conducted from the National Health and Nutrition Examination Survey and individuals that were um, 20 years uh, older, more, um, are included into the study. So the idea is that um, despite uh, all of the different advancements, um, many infections create the uh, perfect storm for cardiovascular mortality. And we don't just see this um, with um, chest colds and influenza. In fact, um, when there's dental work done, um, a lot of, some of the infections, bacterial, um, can seed through into the bloodstream and actually um, cause an inflammation of the heart. Um, so we've known this for a long time. Uh, however, in the um, context of uh, respiratory infections, um, how that affects uh, cardiovascular mortality, that's the question. Um, so um, now looking at the outcomes and the results. So taking, uh, taking a look at some of the um, results here, um, and I'll, I'll point out one slight error here. Um, so the crude uh, infection to non-infection hazard ratio, cardiovascular uh, mortality hazard ratio, is greater than one um, and it's um, 1.96 um, and and so there's the um, the lower confidence interval and the higher confidence interval now there's the error in the lower and higher confidence interval this value is correct 1.96 um, so individuals that had current infection were 1.96 times more likely to um, die from cardiovascular disease this is a very important finding because for the first time, there's a connection between infectious diseases and chronic diseases um, with cardiovascular mortality. Um, uh, the, the, the fact that um, infections do not cause long-term consequences is, is no longer valid. Um, this is why we need to be careful about uh, viruses such as COVID-19 
um, such that uh, they don't cause or can prevent um, poor prognosis in cardiovascular health um, before this takes place. Um, so this was a um, sex-adjusted, age-adjusted value. Um, this was not purely crude. Um, so th this is sex and age adjusted. And then this is um, also adjusting for several um, demographic and health variables. Now, the, um, the confidence intervals, lower and upper, are correct here. Um, and uh, this is even after adjustment 2.81 times. Um, so this is not significant because of the wide confidence interval. However, um, the, uh, there is still a higher uh, possibility of mortality uh, than individuals who do not have current infection. So what can we do here? Um, I've, I've explained to you what the ramifications are about all of this. Uh, what can we do? Um, so um, people with infections, they need better access to care. Um, infectious diseases primarily um, affect uh, uh, marginalized populations. Um, so it's critical that we um, uh, treat and provide health care for all um, uh, individuals that are um, undocumented and, um, so that the overall health can be improved. Um, also, uh, avoid antimicrobial resistance. Um, there needs to be more, um, more needs to be done there. And then finally, um, social determinants of health need to be uh, completely tied into this. And then uh, also, um, if we look at uh, future studies, then we would need to conduct more robust um, longitudinal studies. Um, I hope this has given you um, some insight. And again, it's a privilege and um, honor to be presenting um, in, in, in this year's Heart and Diabetes Conference in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thank you for listening.